Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here, and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad, an iHeartRadio and two-time People's Choice Award-winning podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Gang's all here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You had a Jonas weekend? Just feeling alive, revived. Like, honestly, I'm so obsessed with them. We, yeah, we know. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) No, we, I swear, anyone who listens knows. I love them so much. And not only because they put on such a good show. But because they're good, good guys. Good guys. <laughs> and they're just so nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't find that often. Mm-mm. You know what no. I mean? They really, and they really give you the attention that you need. That I need. <laughs> yeah. Like, Joe spotted Brad and I in the crowd within the second song. And he, like, pointed us out and, like, gave us a smile. And so I saw him after at the after party. And I was like, Joe, I literally felt so seen by you in the show. And he goes, yeah. 
spotted you guys. And he go, he literally said he texted Sophie in the middle of the show and told her that we were there. I was like, how crazy that, like, they're doing a show, and he texts Sophie to tell her that we're there, you know? Like, they're doing a full-on show. I mean, you and Brad are hard to miss in a crowd, you know? And my like, shirt was, like, lime green, so yeah. it's very, yeah, bright. Yeah, I mean, the shirt probably helped a little, but I think just they could probably sense the beams coming from both but of But it you. is interesting. I think people that go to shows should know that they can, like, the artists performing really can, like, they see you. Like, they see the crowd. Well, one time I thought that Pink told me, like, Pink pointed straight at me and said, like, it was right after I got my hair blonde, like, super blonde, and she was, like, gorgeous hair, but apparently there was a girl behind me with, like, beautiful curly red hair, Oh, and someone said that they were talking to her, so. She could have been talking to both of you. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know, but I do feel like she saw our, sure. at least a group of us in the crowd. Yeah. Whether it was me she was complimenting or not, she saw me. Yeah. I think everyone in that section went home that night thinking, wow, <laughs> pink likes my hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Maybe. I wasn't in like a, the pit or anything, so there's a good chance it was section like <laughs> 101 that got the shout out. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I was one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've always thought like, oh, there's no way they can see me because there's so many bright lights, but no, they can. Yeah. Yeah. Nick said he was trying to figure out who was on Brad's shirt. Like that's wow. how much they can see. <laughs> who was like, on his shirt? Britney Spears. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, fun fact, if you're in the audience. Yeah. So I was going to go to one of those shows, but it just kind of slipped my mind. And until I saw you there and then I saw Danielle there last night, I was like, oh, missed it. And now that was the last show. Yeah. Like, do you know how depressing that is? They'll have another one with all their new music when they come out with new music. That could be, who knows how long that is. No, I feel like they're like in the Can zone I get back? Right I now, mean, yeah. they did, I think there was 75 shows on the leg of that tour. That is wild. How fun for them though. I know. How cool to like go from being like this massive group, breaking up and like not making music together and then coming back and having... The same, if not more, excitement and success. I know. And the thing that's so special is like when you're watching the show, it really genuinely looks like they're having a really good time. Like they all just look super happy and like they're having a good time. Well, I loved when we had Danielle on and uh, she said she hadn't seen Kevin smile like that. I was like, that's because it's, I mean, performing on a stage in front of that many people, it is a different kind of high probably than anything else in his life. Yeah. No matter how much he loves like his family <laughs> life, you know? Totally. That's another level and doing it with his brothers. It, and after watching their documentary and knowing know, what they went through, it's just And then really like, cool. he really has this moment. Like they each kind of have their moment in the show because mm-hmm. it like Nick does Jealous and they do like a little version of that and then like they do DNCE. So Joe's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, and then Kevin has this moment where he comes out like on the piano and it's just what like- What is he seeing? Um, he, Kevin doesn't sing. He does. Oh. He like does um, instrumentals. Yeah, he has a guitar and um, plays piano. the piano. But there's this beautiful moment where he like there's like a video package of him, and then it's just him on the piano, and like everybody's screaming just oh. just for Kevin, and it's like justice for Kevin. <laughs> I love him so much. I just love them so much. Like we need to get them on this on this podcast. I mean, they're one of my my. Um once for the oh for year, 20, 2020 yeah. because like, it feels like we're close so close <laughs> like I, I think they're just so busy you know like, well maybe now that tour's over they can spare some time spare some time come in and say hey to their number one fan truly you i know yeah okay that's a good goal speak so speaking of yeah we are gonna do well we're saying goodbye tonight 2019 mm-hmm. bye-bye what we're leaving behind mm-hmm 
right? Who we're leaving behind. Yeah, well, that's what we talked about last week. Is the first part of the show saying goodbye to 2019, and then later we're going to predict and make our all of our plans for 2020. Yeah. So what are we saying goodbye to from 2019? I'm saying goodbye to the haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, why, are you, why are you embarrassed by that? I'm not embarrassed by it. I just was trying to be serious and I just can't say haters. It just does Trolls. Yeah, trolls. Um, I'm saying goodbye to anyone who's brought negativity into my life. Judgment so is that into like my life. Are those specific people? Or um, just in general? In general. Okay. But... I don't really have anyone specifically. It's mostly like strangers on the interwebs, but um, I'm sure there's some people if I really thought about it. However, I really am trying to channel like gratitude and grace and forgiveness towards people. So like even if someone hurts me or does something, I'm able to leave them behind, but say, I forgive you. I hope that you find whatever you're looking for that's causing you to be the way you're being. Mm hmm. That's good. What about you? Um, I think in 2019, I'm saying goodbye to my imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. It's I'm time. Over it. It's, it's time. time. It is time. And I feel like it's been debilitating me. Debilitating me? Yeah. Sure. Debilitating me. Um, and I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. So I'm actively going to try in 2020 to push through that. Do you know, I had a moment. I forgot to tell you about this, actually. But I had a moment where... I was talking about work stuff and I was talking to Allie about it and just saying like I didn't feel like I was deserving of like any success or anything that has happened in my life. And she was like, you have this is the imposter syndrome that Tanya talks about. And I never realized that I actually had a lot more than I realized about it, because I think in in my position, I, I always am just like. You know, I went on The Bachelor and I got lucky and like, that's why this all happened. And it's true. That is a part of it. But like a lot of people go on The Bachelor. Yeah. A lot of people go on The Bachelor and something was. And don't have what you do. And something. Yeah. And I, I did work hard. I did get, I did make an effort to have what I have. And it wasn't like, sure, I got a jump start. And it was a lucky jump start. But but, that's how how it happens for everybody, you know, in a different way. Yeah. So um, I'm like, I think I, I think I want to leave that behind too. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, you always want to keep, I always want to keep the gratitude and the like, humility. I'm so, the, yeah. yeah. Like I'm really appreciative uh-huh. to be doing everything, but I don't want to question my, I feel like I constantly question my, anytime every, anybody ever, like I finish a carpet or something and I get a compliment, I'm always like. Are you sure? You know what I mean? Like I question compliments and I question praise. Mm-hmm. And also because it's Hollywood. Right. Oh, you're the best. Oh, thank you so much. You're right. amazing. And it's right. not necessarily genuine right. all the time. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. So like, I feel like there's a fine line between it, I don't want to be arrogant yeah. and like bratty, but I don't want to be so... Um, questioning of myself and like my ability yeah like I was uh, I was thinking of situations and when I when we were at the people's sh- I don't I go to these events and then I don't like walking the carpet because I'm like uh, I don't feel like I'm like I'm around all these massive celebrities like I don't feel like I deserve to walk the carpet but I should have been especially at the people's choice awards I should have been like I'm a nominee I deserved I was invited to be here mm-hmm we won last year. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I should walk the carpet with pride and feel like I deserve to be there, you yeah. know? And like, 
and being aware of certain things, but also being able to be confident when I should be confident. For sure. It's hard when Jennifer Aniston precedes you on the red carpet. I know. And Jimmy Fallon following yeah. us. Yeah, so yeah. that was a tough spot. It was a tough spot. But I should have gone into before they went out and before we went together, they were like, do you want to walk the carpet? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'll wait until Tanya, which I knew I was going to walk with Tanya regardless. But I should have been like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll go do the carpet. But what's you know? so funny is like we did the carpet before together and we both were kind of like, mm-hmm, you know, smile, da, da, da. And then when we go on the second People's Choice Award, they brought us back out to like the winner's carpet with like our award. And we both were like, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. our change in energy was like day and night. It's mm-hmm. so fun. It was mm-hmm. really funny. It's true. Like the photos from the beginning of the carpet were like, cute but like the photos after our chins were higher yeah, we're like, oh, when you have the award smiles. in your hands yeah. it's a whole different thing yeah. there's no question you belong there when you're holding an award <laughs> totally yeah. um and then i think in 2019 i'm leaving behind um my insecurities and in, in my dating life like i can't really put it into like one word but i think up until this point i've been very much like um it's always, the, I want to say, like, it's always the guy that I'm dating. I'm always going off of his pacing or, like, mm-hmm. does he like me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I need to like, I need to want to be with you just as much. Mm-hmm. And I've never been that way. And I'm starting to become that way, which is so weird. But, like, I feel a little bit more, like, secure. So you're saying in the past you have based your feelings and your pace off of what he was giving you? Yeah. It's almost like she's applying for a job. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like seeing how much they like you. A lot of options you get... out here. I yeah. hope they like me. Yeah, like, you know, totally. Yeah. And you got your resume, uh-huh. your headshot or whatever it is. And uh-huh. yeah, I, I see that attitude. I get it. Yeah. It's so funny because um, I was talking to Haley and we were talking about, I was talking about my single friends and she goes, you know, if I had like a really awesome guy, I would want to set him up with Tanya, but she deserves someone like it's gonna make me cry, but she deserves someone like really special. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I'm about to start my period. I'm on my period. So like, <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> she, I love her because I feel like she's always okay. so like she always. Like not, she. I feel like she always is um, impressed with how much I get back on the horse. You know what I mean? Like she's always like, mm. I'm so proud of you because even though you get really into somebody and it doesn't work out, like you just keep on, keep go, like keep at it. And she's like, that's yeah. so admirable. And I was like, I guess I don't realize how. I mean, we all feel that way about you. It's like, <laughs> well, all right, she's back out there because <laughs> it just takes one, you know. Just takes, yeah, it just takes one. One good one. And speaking of one, I don't know if he's the one or what, but there was a guy at Tanya's place on Friday night trimming a Christmas tree, which I think is a really big deal. Not trimming. That's what they call it. Oh, they do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was it's, like, there was no hacking happening. Yeah, no, I agree that that expression doesn't uh, make sense, but that is what they call it. Um, <laughs> but I think, and Ryan mentioned this also, it's a big deal. I think that's a great couples thing, but it's also, I feel like it's a, a, a step forward. Yeah. Um, Becca is aware. I did FaceTime her before the, before. Yeah. She showed me her outfit, what she was wearing. (laughs) It was a, (laughs) it was really funny because she looked like they were just staying in because he came over and y'all decorated and y'all had dinner before though. And she was like, she had this like really like sexy top on. (laughs) 
she's like, this is like casual and cute, right? And I was like, um, <laughs> it's really cute, but it's like sexy, which I guess is good. Like you want that. Yeah. But it's like you're you're really bringing it for your dinner at home. It's just funny because I like to um, I like to change my look up sometimes, you know. And I feel like the last time I had seen him, I was a little more reserved and conservative and covered up. And so I was like, I wanted to be on the sexier side the next time I saw him. You do always think in that way. Totally. Like, the last time I saw him, I was in jeans, so I need to wear a dress. Totally. <laughs> I, I just I don't know. There's something about like I want him to see me in every. But is that going back to the old mindset of trying to impress him and trying to make sure that you are checking all of his boxes rather no, than worrying even, about your boxes? I was like, he hasn't seen me out in sweats. And so the last time I saw him, I was like, I want to be out in sweats. Wait, he hasn't seen you out in sweats? No. So what? It, so did you show him your sweats? I did. I did. Show, oh. saw him, show this. I feel like he'd think that was cute, especially in your home. You Most know, people. we went out and saw a movie oh, okay. in sweats. Well, yeah, that's the best way oh, to yeah, see Oh, yeah, what movie did you see? Um, Knives Out. And it was so... Honestly, one of the best movies I've seen in so long. It was so good. I don't even know what it is. It's it's so good. It's so good. Chris Evans' sweater in it is just amazing. It's It's um, it's the movie. I'm sure you've seen the the, trailers and stuff with Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig. um, It's a murder mystery. It's a murder mystery. I haven't seen it. You have to go and see it. I have not seen it. Everyone who sees it raves about it. I... So I'm just starting because I'm starting to do like Golden Globes prep. And so I'm wanting oh. to, and this one has a lot of nominations. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally just going down the list and this one's out in theaters. So I was either going to see Knives Out or um, what's the other one out in theaters right now? Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So I had no, no expectations of Knives Out. And I was like, I don't really like murder mysteries. I don't really like murder. It was so good. Is it scary? No. But like a thriller? It's like a thriller, but like funny. Oh. But like light funny. But like so good. Okay, good to know. Yeah, highly recommended for anybody that's listening. So back to this dude who we have not named and will not be naming soon. Yeah. Um, and I want to be very deferential as to what you want us to, to reveal and what you don't want to reveal. Right. Can we reveal what he brought with him on Friday night? Yeah, he brought ornaments for my tree. Did I tell you this? No. I tried so to call cute. you yesterday. Oh, I know. <clears throat> I had like Saturday. Saturday. I had like the crazy. I wasn't alone Saturday all day. Oh. Because I went to um, Paulina's event, so I was with her and Sophia all day, oh. and then I went straight to the Jonas Brothers Yeah, show. I tried to call to get, like, a recap. So I'm like, I haven't, I don't know anything. It was so good. Because I haven't talked to you. It was so good. You brought good. ornaments? Yeah. So our whole thing was, like, we were going to make dinner and then decorate the tree. So he came with, like, bags of, like, um, groceries to make dinner. What did y'all make? That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. You made it together? Yeah. Love it. We made scallops and salad Whoa. and... Some bruschetta feels fancy. Scallop seems advanced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually they're actually really easy to oh, make. Yeah, that was like that. so super easy. Can you describe the one ornament he brought, or is that too much? No, it's not too much. Okay. So he brought over ornaments to like he had no idea what my tree looked like, and so he brought over like ornaments that he picked up, uh-huh. and one of them was a cookbook because we were like cooking. I know, <laughs> I know. But see, I'm just trying to like. It's just I'm just. No, so the way that where my mind goes is like you know when you guys have been together twenty five years and that ornament is still on the tree, you're like remember that cookbook, remember that. Like I'm not gonna say it out loud because I have (laughs) ornaments that I got Amers in in the first we started dating in ninety seven and ninety eight. There are tree ornaments I got for our tree in those years that we still have on the tree today. That's so yeah. I did cheat on one. 
Years later, I got one. I found one on eBay that said, our first Christmas together, 1997. It's fake because I bought it years later, but I still think it's kind of cool. So I bought it and put it on the table. Vintage. That yeah. is cute. But there are some actually those years. That is really cute. Yeah. Well, wow. I know. It was so cute. So we've I talked just... about it in, in your kind of like... You go back and forth of being like, I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket, but you're really into him. Yeah. And I'm like, just stop thinking so much about what you're going to have to do or not do and just enjoy liking someone who's treating you well. And it's I was talking to my sister about it and she was like, I feel like for the first time you're dating somebody that is being very intentional and and like wants to make you happy as much as you want to make him happy. Mm -hmm. Like she feels, she's like, it feels very equal and that's really special. Cause like, that's something you would do is bring, totally is bring ornaments to someone, you know, like that's yeah. very much your, how you would show up to someone's house. And I feel like you've dated guys who barely complimented you, yeah. who only cared about themselves. Like you've dated guys who are very, never brought me, like he brought me flowers too. Yeah. Like he's, Yeah. Like you, you've just dated guys in different age range is who literally from mid twenties to mid forties. Yeah. Who yeah. had things where they just were not giving you what you need in someone. So it's cool to see regardless of where it goes. It's nice to see you have an experience with someone who reciprocates your thoughtfulness because you're very thoughtful Yeah, in all relationships. So, <laughs> so thoughtful. <laughs> It's like so nice. <laughs> so are the eggs like where are your what's okay? You have ten eggs. He's probably got nine of them. <laughs> and you have the other one. I have the one. I have the you're other really one. clinging on to the one. On to the one egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there something you're waiting for from him before he has the, the tenth? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is totally yet, but probably yeah. Okay. Like Mark said, he's like, would you go out with somebody else at this point? And I was like. I mean, I've said no to a couple guys, but just because I know I don't want to go right, out with them. Yeah. But if there was something new, I I don't know. If Dev Patel came along, you might go out. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But I would yeah. definitely tell him. I would definitely tell him. Okay. I think like give at that him point. the chance to say like I don't I want don't that. want you to go out yeah. with someone. But only yeah. if I really wanted to. Would he tell you? You think if he had an opportunity to go out with somebody else? Would he tell me? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't I'd hope so. Yeah. I think probably just as intentional as he's being, I feel like he would. He yeah. feels like he's being very um, aware of your feelings. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, ha I have another friend who went out on um, a date and she's dating actively right now. And she went out on a date with a guy and she had another date planned for the next week with another guy. And she went on a date with this guy. And at the, she had said like, you know, I'm dating other people, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he said something along the lines of like, you can't go on that date next week after our date tonight basically it was like please don't go on another date with someone mm. that's cute yeah. and did she no she, she canceled, canceled it. it that's cute yeah so i think i think you give him the opportunity he might be like hey he might have the mentality of like if you want to go date someone else then but you have to give him the chance yeah i like that though i like you saying hey so this guy asked me out next saturday so i just want to <laughs> let you know and for him to say i'd really prefer you not go yeah. Wouldn't that be sweet? That would be sweet. But you can't have that expectation. And then no, when exactly. he says to go, I'm be like, mm. but, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like I got asked out from by this other guy and I like I just literally in my head was like, There's no way I can go out with this guy and not think about mm -hmm. there's no way. Mm -hmm. Like I already know.
So I just yeah, like, you've trimmed the tree. I'm, yeah, I'm tri- yeah. Uh, Figuratively uh, too. We need to get to our guests. So let's say goodbye to 2019. <laughs> So what else, anything else? What was the best music of 2019? And that's a hard one for you because there was so much that you loved, but what was it? Why are we saying goodbye to that? To 2019. Well, I don't want to say bye to the music. Well, it's like a recap. The music like will a live review. on. It's like the year. I'm the... going I'm going Taylor Swift, Lover. Lover. That's a good yeah. one. Well, not the song, the album. The album, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. It's a lot. You got Camila. You got the I Jonas know, because it was a late Camila entry. Did, the, yeah. That Camila some good album's songs, so good. Yeah. I might go Camila Jonas. Jonas Brothers. As if it were one person. Camila Jonas. <laughs> okay. Jonas Brothers. All Happiness right. begins. Okay. Fair enough. Anything else we're saying goodbye to in 2019? Because it's time to close the book and look to 2020. I'm ready to look forward. Say goodbye to the the bad parts of 2019. 2019 was a weird year. Kind of was a weird. I felt like I had a I had like really good highs and really like low, low lows. lows. Yeah, same. Same. I felt very, um, like I kind of distanced myself from social media per se. And like, even the podcast kind of lost a little bit of like, not like, I think because I was more private than I had ever been before, I feel like I kind of stepped back and I'm kind of ready to step back into where I was in 2018, if that makes sense. Kind of like, this was my year of like learning and growing and it was like growing pains but it's like time to say goodbye to that mm-hmm. then i'm glad to hear you say that because that really ties in nicely with my word that i want for this podcast in 2020 <laughs> growth which we will reveal <laughs> later in the show yeah it's not growth okay 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 well, let's take a break we're gonna come back with victoria arlen she's got quite a story i'm so excited to talk to her yeah she has an amazing story let's break it down coming up I love a good night's sleep. Ugh, same. I love to sleep. I do too. And like, honestly, if I don't get a good night's sleep, it messes my whole day up. It it affects my mood. It affects how I feel physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah, it's important. It is important. I think we both really value a good night's sleep. It's true. So that's why sleep number is so important. Mm -hmm. And since the holiday season is here, how do you thrive during the holiday season? And How do you balance like sleep and holiday planning and making time to purchase the perfect holiday gift for the special people in your life? Well, sleep number 360 smart beds help everyone get the proven quality sleep that will change their life. I'm about an 80 right now. Because if you're not familiar with how it goes, the uh, more firm, the higher the number, the more firm the mattress. And I got to say, when I was younger... It was a softer mattress. As mm-hmm. I get older, I need a firmer mattress. I'm up to an 80. By the way, my daughter, my youngest, I think this is so sweet. I read her a story before bed every night. And if there's ever a variation on the three bears, whenever the Goldilocks gets to the beds uh-huh. and she tries dad's bed and it's too hard and she tries mom's bed and it's too soft and she always says the same thing, no such thing. There is no such thing as a bed that is too soft because when you're, you know, young, yeah. that's what you think. Yeah. It's like you want to sleep on a cloud or a giant mm-hmm. marshmallow that's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. But when you get older, you get up to an 80. I want, I... Well, I feel like I'm probably at a 75. Yeah. Yeah. Getting higher. Yeah. I, I think I suffer from some like lower back pain where I need a good a firmness level. Yeah. My, my mattress is firm. But I've had some bad mattresses, and let me just tell you, having the sleep number made me realize how bad those mattresses were, because the sleep I'm getting with sleep number versus 
old mattresses that I've used is exponentially different. Well, let me tell you why the the sleep number beds are great because they allow you to adjust each side to your ideal firmness. So like one side could be one way and the other side could be the other if you're sleeping like not sans. What do you, what do you, (laughs) do you prefer soft or more firm? I prefer soft, but I sleep firm. It's fun to climb into the soft, but then in the morning you regret the soft. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Body like, ailments. Yeah. <laughs> My knees are really going. Well, um, the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movement and then it automatically adjusts so that you sleep comfortably throughout the night, which is really cool. You don't even know. It's like someone's cradling you and adjusting to your needs without you even knowing it. Wow. Um, and with Sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping and it'll give you personalized insights for your best sleep. So it'll tell you what you were up to in the middle of the night. I love that. <laughs> Make spirits bright this holiday with gifts for quality sleep. The Sleep Number 360 smart bed adjusts on each side to give all a good night's sleep from $999 only at a Sleep Number store. Or you can go to sleepnumber.com slash Becca. That's sleepnumber.com slash Becca. You know, we've been talking about Rothy's for a long time now, and they have really grown to be a most loved, gotta have them brand. Would you agree? I agree. And because you know why? This generation is woke as hell, and <laughs> we love sustainable products, and that's what Rothy's are. Uh, they're a company that they make beautiful shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles, and they're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable, too. So it's like a win-win-win-win. You love your Rothy's. I do love my Rothy's, and I love any shoe you can throw into a washing machine. I asked for some of the loafers for Christmas. You did? Which yeah. one? They're just black. I just went with a solid color. Neutral. I do love the camo ones, so that might be my next move. Yeah. They look cute with everything. With everything. But black's solid, too. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, Rothy's go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. They launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Rothy's are seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles so that they're ultra comfortable from the second you slip them on. Uh, that's right. There's zero break-in period in those babies. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. No risk, no worries, no reason not to try. Rothy's own and operate their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way. Plus, Rothy's ship directly in their shoebox so there's no unnecessary packaging. And these are feel-good flats in more ways than just one. So check out all the amazing styles. They're available right now at rothys.com slash Becca. So go to R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Becca to get your new favorite flats, comfort style, and sustainability. These are the shoes that you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash Becca today. Hey, don't forget, tickets are on sale now for Scrubbing in Live in San Francisco, Marines Memorial Theater. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. And if you're going to go to San Francisco and see that show, if you don't live in San Francisco and you want to get there, stay at the Viceroy Hotel Group. They're going to treat you right. Hotel Zellos, Hotel Zeppelin, Hotel Zeta, they're all part of the Viceroy Hotel Group. Can't go wrong with any of those three. So there you go. Ticketmaster.com, Marines Memorial Theater in San Francisco. It's Scrubbing in Live. It's Becca and Tanya on stage. And actually, after today's show, we're going to have a brainstorming session of what we want to do at that live show. So that's coming up as well. That's right. So many options. Mm -hmm. We have a very special, very inspiring guest 
scrubbing in today. We have Victoria Arlen here. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> you have an amazing story. Oh, I mean, thank you. <laughs> I remember seeing you on Dancing with the Stars and being like, I, my mind is blown. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I like actually just want to kind of hear a little bit about, so like uh, being a prisoner of your, in your own body, mm -hmm. like you're fully aware of what's happening, but you can't physically or like verbally do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild it's like the ultimate form of torture i feel like but you also learn a lot about yourself too so it was and one was of those how many like, years four years well what how, how did you get into that did, did you were you sick what happened yeah so i developed two incredibly rare neurological conditions that basically shut down uh, my brain and my spinal cord so in a matter of like three months i went from completely normal to complete vegetative state and that was just 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 you just got genetically just happened right yeah so like... they still don't know how it happened but these two conditions you don't normally get both you only usually get one oh um but as papa arlen says like you just like to go big and <laughs> but like what symptoms were you having that you like what took you to the doctor um so it started with like flu-like symptoms so they thought you know it's a virus or a tummy bug and then um and then there was like the severe pain on the right side so they thought it was um appendicitis so it was just super random and then um and then my legs started going out and my fine motor but at that point it was happening so quickly that everyone was kind of racing racing against the clock and you're like 11 years old at this point oh yep 11 oh. years old oh yeah. My yeah yeah so, yeah so your parents take you in they're like oh she has the flu this is horrible and then it's like oh no she has appendicitis and then it's like you're just progressively getting worse and they can't getting figure worse. out what what mm -hmm. to do to stop it yeah they don't really know what's going on and so uh what we learned very quickly is that when doctors don't know what's happening they just decide to turn it back on you so they told my parents i was doing it for attention and unfortunately because they did they went down that route they missed a really crucial treatment window because these two conditions if caught early can be very treatable with steroids and they didn't do that so by the time i was pretty much you know catatonic they were like uh oh but there was nothing there was nothing they could do so yeah. when you were in like when you got when you went into the vegetative state were you able to was there any sign that you were understanding what was happening like were you blinking or mm -hmm. anything but you knew yeah so you were hearing and mm -hmm. could you see? I was like hello yeah I could see but my eyes were fixed so I couldn't move them so oh. it was actually four years in when I started regaining control of my eyes and also blinking was how I let people know that I was in there. Mm. That yeah. is just, so how did you, when, when you're hearing, cause you can obviously hear what's going on and they're mm -hmm. telling you like, you're not going to get better. Right. Yeah. How did you like mentally decide? No, I'm not. That's not me. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> so, which I think works, works in my favor. But, um, I think, I think I just, didn't want to. I mean, I think I, I had to obviously look at the facts and say, okay, yeah, this is probably not going to end like end the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was also like, well, there's there's no like there's no um, downside to dreaming. So I just kind of decided that I I made a decision. I was like, well, today I have today, so I'm going to look forward to what I will be able to do versus like me dying. You know, because I think no one wants to think no one wants to think about dying. But it also just, it felt a lot better to dream than it did to think about 
think about dying. So I just decided, well, you know what? I'm going to make a hefty bucket list and hope for the best. And, and I so have you a, made that mentally. I made that mentally, yeah. And I also I come from an incredible family. So I'm one of triplets. I have an older brother. I have two incredible parents. And so I saw, I was witnessing them just refuse to give up on me. And mm-hmm. so I was like, who am I to yeah. even remotely try and, and give up when these these folks don't even know that I'm in here and yet they're they're just believing and and giving me the best possible life because they I mean they literally set up a hospital room in our living room and just brought the world to me and didn't even know that I was in there but we're like we have her and we're going to give her the best life we can possibly give her so at that point I was like well I need to come back and be able to say thank you and I love you so um so it was kind of the combination of those things so, I mean, it's just crazy because four years, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's a long point, time. Yeah, it's a very long time. Yeah. Your family, like they're, they're seeing you and you're obviously their child and their sister, but mm-hmm. they're, you're not who, right. like you're not you cause you're yeah. not, you're, you know, you're not able to talk and be there with them. Um, but four years is a long time. And I feel it's like a lot of times time. there's a lot of frustration of being like, mm-hmm. this is not fair. Why did this happen to her? And why are we having to go through this? Why isn't she getting better? And for them to continually be like, well, you know, this is what it is. We're going to make the best of it without even knowing that there was a chance that yeah. you would be on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. so crazy. And like, what a testament to your family of being mm-hmm. like, I mean, like I said, we I just had a conversation with someone the other day talking about someone that she knows their child with a brain injury. And I, I go into this, like, my brain starts going, is this little girl aware of what's going on around mm-hmm. her, even though she's not able to communicate, you know, mm-hmm. and how frustrating it is for the family and how hard being like, this is not fair. Yeah. I actually, I actually got into a conversation with my mom about that recently, and I was like, how did you... How did you keep going? Because it was my mom who was kind of the captain of of all that. Like everyone looked to her and she because she was day in and day out. And she was like, to be quite honest with you, all of us couldn't bear the fact that you were gone or that we were going to lose you. So every day that we had you was enough for us. Like we had you. And that was she's like, we almost lost you quite a few times. And she goes, so we had you. And the idea that you weren't there was almost far too painful so we just believed that you were there and that that uh, that you were going to come back to us and she goes because that that gave us hope and that gave us faith to keep going and so I think having that belief in that and that miracle if you will almost made it easier than than believing that you know believing the prognosis that it was over that it was done what was on your bucket list like when you were in that and you (laughs) had like that but like what was like what was on that and what yeah. have you accomplished since then? Quite a few things. Really? Um, yeah, like Dancing with the Stars was on it. No I loved so that wild. show growing up and my so and that was the thing too is like my parents would put on things that they knew I loved. So they knew I loved Dancing with the Stars. I also really wanted to win a gold medal. That was like something I at 5 years old told my mom I was going to do. I was like I'm going to win a gold medal at the Olympics and she's like, "Okay." Like <laughs> cool like that's awesome like we support you and so it was like stuff like that um I really wanted to um start a foundation and help people in my similar situations 
And I'm trying to think what else was on the bucket. I've done Those so many different big things. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I had a lot of time on my hands, and I was just kind of like, well, let's go crazy. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. think of the craziest things. Yeah. Um, being on ESPN was another one. Yeah, you're one of the youngest reporters, right? Yeah. Or yeah, the yeah. youngest? Mm-hmm. I was 20 when they hired me, so mm. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I just went with it. Yeah. So Is that stuff like, like wild that. working for ESPN? Is that like dude central? <laughs> um, not anymore. It's it's definitely, there's some there's some pretty epic women um, there too. And especially I'm now in the, in the kind of sports center realm, so there's some really amazing anchors too. But it was it was wild at 20 because I wasn't even legal to drink. And I remember one of my first events was the X Games. And I just turned 21, but I was still in school. So I had to like go back to my hotel room after we got off air. So after we do this like huge broadcast, I'm going back to my hotel room because my parents, when I joined, were like, you have to finish school. So I finished online. We had a lot of catching up so to do. I did. Yeah. And at this point, I was in college and they're like, you have to get your degree even though you have this job. And so like, I remember my first big like production, we were at the X Games and everyone's going out and going to parties. And I'm like back in my hotel room, writing a paper and like <laughs> submitting it in. And I was like, cause everyone else is like twice my age. Right. Um, so it was wild, but it also was really cool because a lot of amazing humans just took me under their wing and, and kind of adopted me. So I really got to learn from people who have really excelled in that yeah. industry and and pick their brains and and kind of be be you know their kids age sitting next to them so it was it was wild it's still wild though it's been it's been 4 years and i was actually joking with my boss about it the other day i was like i feel like i'm finally out of elementary school <laughs> right. like i kind of know what i'm doing now yeah but then again, don't do any of us know what we're doing? No. Let's, let's be honest. No. Yeah. This is, we talk about this all the time, yeah. that the imposter syndrome and I don't belong here. But the truth is everyone feels that way and yes. everyone is just figuring it out yeah. day to day. And yeah. I feel like if you think you know what you're doing, then something's wrong uh-huh, because I'm like, come on. No, we're, we're all evolving and learning. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I almost feel like when you feel like you've got it and you feel like you know what you're doing is when something really comes to humble you yes. and then you're like... Okay, got Something it. Something slaps right. you in the face right. and you're like, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you, so when you came out of the, the vegetative state and you said your eyes started working, mm-hmm. how long before you were able to speak and visit and walk and... So I started to come um, out of the vegetative state in 2010. So in like February of 2010, I started speaking in April April, May. Oh, okay. And so it was it was kind of a very slow, I mean, I literally had to relearn how to do everything, but they were like, you'll never walk again. Like, you'll be in a wheelchair. Your spine has been severely damaged. So for 10 years, I was in a wheelchair, which was fine. Um, but I also come from a very tall family, and so I was at Butts View constantly, <laughs> and which I don't recommend, especially in high school. It is not cool. Um, but I, I, I couldn't fight this feeling that I had literally done everything that do- the doctor said I wouldn't do except walk. And so my parents had uh, had made a promise with me because my first day back to school after being gone for five years, I was bullied incessantly for being in a wheelchair. Oh, jeez. And it was oh horrible. God. And I remember I came home crying and I was like, I'm just trying to find this new normal and now I can't even... Like the one thing I can't control, right. I'm getting made fun of mm-hmm. for. And so my parents were like, we promise you, we will, we will do whatever it takes to help you regain, regain, you know, everything that was taken away from you. And so we discovered a program 
called Project Walk, which is a paralysis recovery program. And so we we kind of went for it and went to this place and realized this is the answer, but it's on the other side. You know, I'm from the East Coast. And, it's in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. it was in San Diego. Yeah. And so um, my parents decided to bring it to the East Coast. So they opened up a center as like a gift to me, but also to our community because there was nothing out there. I mean, they pretty much give you a wheelchair or a hospital bed and say, okay, yeah. figure it out. And as a family, we were like, wait, we can do something where we can help other lost causes, if you will, or other right. people in similar situations. So we opened up Project Walk Boston. And from there, I could train like six hours a day. And so I basically split my time at ESPN and Project Walk and just worked around the clock trying to regain anything. And, it, and I mean, it was literally not supposed to happen. And then we got we got a twitch in my leg. Mm. And that was like, it was like a blink moment again, uh -huh. where it was like all that, that small little thing. And uh -huh. so um, within two months, I was on crutches and leg braces. And then I took my step, I took my first like official steps without anything in April of 2016. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. like recent. Yeah, recent. <laughs> yeah. And then a year later, I was on dance with the <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't either. It's just like such a, it's such a... <laughs> crazy beautiful story because oh, i feel like you. i mean people are told no so many mm -hmm. times in their life and it's like even the smallest things that you yeah. know what i mean and people get so discouraged by the word no and yeah. it's like you had like the ultimate no's mm -hmm. you know what yeah. i mean like doctors and doctors and professionals and like yeah. all the experts yeah, yeah like no. the craziest no's yeah. and you were able to like come out on the other end and i think it's just such a testimony like your life mm -hmm. is such a testimony and it's just such a, like a I don't know what the word is it's like a beacon a of light for people <laughs> that like know that like everybody you know I feel like sometimes you're told no and mm -hmm. you just kind of are like okay well I can't do that and you have so to be a little stubborn I feel like yeah. in life and in just to get anywhere mm -hmm. even if you don't have an extreme circumstance mm -hmm. yeah like what I went through I think we all have people that say no or people that want to put roadblocks up but at the end of the day you are almost like slam the brakes, but you're driving the car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't give the steering wheel to someone else. Don't give the gas mm -hmm. and brake to someone else. Because if you do, someone's going to hit the brakes. Yeah. And so you almost just have to be like, well, I respect you and I respect your expertise and uh -huh. what you said, but this is how I want to write my story. That's such a good point mm -hmm. because I feel like I accept no so often. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so, I, I'm like so on the the side of like I don't want to disrespect or like upset yeah. anybody that I accept no more than I should rather than being like like you said I respect you but I I have something to do or like yep. I know what I need to do and there's like a fine line of walking that of saying like I'm not going to accept what you tell me because I know I have more mm -hmm. versus like and it's not easy no it's not something I mean, I still struggle with that sometimes, I think, but it's something that you have to almost make a conscious decision to, to like look from within and be like, you, you hold that power, not anyone else, but at the other, other people are going to try to steal your light or steal your power. It's just kind of human nature, but you have to kind of look within and be like, wait a second. Yeah. How do I want this story to go? And, and for me, it started in that vegetative state and then continue to evolve where I was like wait this is not how my story is going to end and no. I respect that this is what the facts are saying or this is what the prognosis is but you also don't know me and I'm gonna try to not have that happen I know it's so crazy because it's like the the like 
I don't know anything about health. So like whatever my doctor tells me, I'm like, okay, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's you know what most I mean? Like, of us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was well, and it's my mom has like a theory, like accept the prognosis, but uh, accept the diagnosis, but not the prognosis. Mm. Because there's I mean, at the end of the day, like that's up to you. That's up to you. Yeah. And they literally were like, Yeah, she's not gonna make it past her fifteenth birthday. Oh. And my parents were like, what? And I was like, what? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not? Like, come on. Like, I got things to do. And and so it's, you have to respect doctors, but at the same time, like, miracles do happen. And yeah. there's such a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And you have to almost be, be wary of that and also be aware that you have to look beyond this prognosis. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. I'm having trouble getting past the four years because your brain is, is active and fine. Yes. And nothing yes. works. How yes. do you deal with that, that boredom without yeah. losing your mind? Because they put people yeah. in solitary confinement and they go crazy. How yeah. do you handle that? I think I I paid attention to kind of the world around me. I also focused a lot on gratitude. But I think the real torture was there was like one moment in particular. It was like three and a half years in. And I had to scratch my nose. Oh, like my nose oh, was God's itching sake. me. And have you ever like just had that itch? And, yeah. you're, and the more you think about it, the more. How did it take three and, more... and a half years to have an itch? Really, I think I was just more aware of it. I think the first oh. half of it, I was just kind of, because um, I was also having seizures for 20 hours a day. So oh. I was battling other things to even not even like half the time I was, I was just trying to rally from that. And I remember I was just laying there and my nose was itching and I was like, oh no. Oh no! And I was like, "This is this is hell. Like this is where torture. I'm like mm-hmm. complete torture." Yeah. And like, so I always tell people. So I do a lot of motivational speaking, and I made a couple months ago I was speaking at this event in Dallas, and there was like twenty thousand people there, and I made every single person scratch their nose because I'm like, if you ever are having a moment <laughs> where you're spinning out of control, stop, take a moment, and scratch your nose, and just think about the fact that you can scratch your mm-hmm. nose. Mm-hmm. So it was like stuff like that that bothered me more than the bigger stuff. And then there was another another moment where my mom was having me get a haircut. So they brought the, the hairstylist here and they gave me bangs. And I remember so vividly the scissors coming across my face. And I was like, don't do it. And I was like, kill me now, Jesus. Like, I can, I cannot come back from this. Like, no. And that was one of the first things I said to my mom. I was like, you gave me bangs. And she's like, I was just trying to like get the hair out of your face. I was like... You gave me bangs, and I was ready to throw in the towel at that moment. Like that they, was it. And they show you movies. No, you couldn't write because you can't focus your eyes. Yeah, so on a TV. I mean, they would put movies they on. Would. Um, so you could my, hear stuff. You could I hear could music. Hear. Yeah, but I they didn't hear. know that. They didn't know, yeah. so right. they would put on like a lot of different things. But my dad, whenever he was on, so everyone was kind of on Victoria duty. My dad would put the Food Network on. And like it was torture because I couldn't eat, but I learned how to cook. So I came back like learning how to cook. So I I decided that in that thing, I was like, well, I'm going to figure out special skills. And I was going to figure out. So I paid attention to all the sports like scores and stories. I paid attention to food. So I stayed entertained. Like I found entertainment in that solitary confinement. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you really don't know until you're in that scenario. And I was like, well. Here I am. Can someone please just scratch my nose? You're, you're, that you're, all is what I want. Like they always say, when you know, when tough times come along, you got to make the best of it. I mean, that mm-hmm. is the most extreme example I've ever yeah. heard of that Same. attitude. Yeah. That saying, yeah, it's incredible. You really I mean, don't have a choice at that point. Yeah. And this is a Grey's Anatomy centric podcast yeah. a lot of the time. Mm, love we're big Grey's fans. Anatomy. It great, reminds great me man. of Doctor McDreamy when he was laying there and they were yeah. operating yeah. on him. Oh my God. 
That episode wrecked me. I'll I literally bet. stopped watching for like six months because it like it's hit, hit me. Home. Really yeah. hit home for you. Really hit home. Really hit home. Like you're telling your mom not to give you bangs. He's sitting there saying, "Don't do that. Don't do you're that. Gonna kill it's me. gonna kill me." Yeah. yeah. The bangs almost killed me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. You're like they said. I won't walk, talk, or walk. I'm gonna do those things. But just... she gave me bangs. <sighs> like this, bangs. I have to wait for my bangs to grow out. <laughs> they took forever. My hair. I was like, oh my lord, I look like a mushroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have? Do you be... still have any like um, symptoms? I don't even know what the word would be. Like any symptoms or anything from the like, disease? Yeah. Um. No, I just can't feel my legs. That's really right, right, that right. never came back. Yeah. Wait, you can't feel your legs? Mm-mm. Like to touch the like to, you can walk. I can walk, but I have no idea. Like if you if like, somebody were to like pinch your leg, you wouldn't feel it. No, like my foot got ran over by a golf cart and you didn't feel a couple it. months ago. Nope. Wait. I was like, oh I that's not good. How do you walk without feeling? I just learned how to walk without feeling. Yeah. I mean I just do. Right. I don't know. I think it'd be weird now to feel my legs because I've I'm so used to not feeling them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, my mind is... I know, you're I'm so... I'm like wow. an emoji where the brain just... <laughs> I like, know, you are so incredible. Oh like, my gosh, no, you're very sweet. No, it's Thank just... You. It's like Mark's and I am. <laughs> is, it, is it like when you like when my foot falls asleep and I try to walk? Is it yes. like that? Yes. You feel the, do you feel pressure? Nope. But do you, you feel, feel the ground? Nothing. You guys, she feels sans. It's like nothing. Okay, so you know when your foot goes to sleep like and then it goes If I close my eyes, point. I don't know where my legs are. Like you could be crossing that, them, that's you have no dangerous idea. Dangerous though, too. I mean, obviously with a golf Very cart, much so, yes. if they'd have broken your foot, yep. you wouldn't have realized. And you it. wouldn't have and felt nope. pain. Nope. Nope. Wow. I mean, I'm so just... I'd be very careful. Yeah. <laughs> very careful. Wow. Well, yeah. so yeah, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, Dancing with the Stars. I want to talk about what you brought in for us today. I know. Ooh, that's that's some goodies. Yes. So sweet. You have a capsule collection um, with Jockey. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute stuff. Thank you. Really cute. Was this on your bucket list? Yes. Well, it was, I, I wrote uh, about four years ago. I was, um, I was kind of at this transitional period in my life, and I wrote down the five things I wanted to achieve in the next, like, 10 years. And I wrote, like, ESPN, um, spe- like, motivational speaking, write a book, design a clothing collection, and start a foundation. And the clothing collection was, like, the final check mark on that on that list and it's it's incredible i mean jockey i've been with jockey for two years and about a year and a half ago um i just jokingly said can we design a t-shirt with a donut on it and they're like ha 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 like that's funny and then um my agent called me like a month later and he was like so they they squashed your idea of designing a t-shirt they want to give you a capsule collection so i got to design it from start to finish and it's been really cool and people have really responded well to it and we wanted to kind of have the 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 premise be turn your struggles into sprinkles just throw it in the air and and feel you know empowered and inspired in your own way but with a theme of donuts (laughs) i love donuts and (laughs) also all the clothes are so soft i reached in the bag and everything felt like butter where can everybody Mm -hmm. get it they can get it in stores and then at jockey.com slash victoria amazing yeah (laughs) it's really cool it's like crazy my name's in it and so you just see my name in there oh and the on the label Mm -hmm. oh let me go look at that one of the labels yeah it's so funny because i i had a collection too and the coolest part to me was when i saw the tag with my name literally i was like my name's on like yeah. the back of these, everyone's clothes. Like that I have so tags. Crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like I've kept tags. I know, me too. Right? And okay. like, every time I throw one away, I'm like, do I need to keep 25 more? Should I frame that tag? 
That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's crazy. And so it's, it's 12 fun. pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, there's leggings, strappy tanks, V-neck tees, cropped hoodies, a cocoon cardigan. Mm-hmm. Sounds cozy. Is that the gray one it's I pulled cozy. out? very cozy. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. They have socks, it like It like scarves. gives you a snuggle. We love a snuggle. I love a good snuggle. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. You're amazing. Thank you. I, my, okay. Do you so date sweet. or do you, are you single? Uh, I don't really talk about my personal oh, life. Oh, okay. Okay. Tanya's trying that a little bit. I'm trying it's not a little going bit. Great. I talk too I much date. about my personal life. I do date, but like I feel like my personal life, there's so much out there on every other nitty gritty detail of my life and my story that that's like the one thing I keep like. But you're not married. No, I'm not married. Okay. Yeah. And when you go out with somebody, speaking generally. <laughs> Do you ever go out with somebody who has no idea what your story is? Yes. I bet that's fascinating. It's fantastic. I'll bet. It is fantastic. I went on a date recently, and uh, and I I got to tell my story on my terms, which uh-huh. was really cool. Right. Uh, the like the biggest like turnoff is when someone says, "So I googled you," and I'm like, <laughs> "All right, check, please. <laughs> Let's move on." Yeah. That is so or the best funny. Is, my mom's a huge fan of yours. I'm like, oh. oh <laughs> that That's is cute. so yeah. funny. Yeah, so nice. I know it's actually really funny because when I go on dates, people will Google me before we go out. Like this last guy that I on before our first date, he Googled me or whatever, and the first video that popped up was like a video of me talking about like Tanya says goodbye to Doctor W or whatever. And it's like a five minute video of me like ending a, this with this guy that I was dating. And I was just like, oh shoot, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like this is so like awkward. How do I? Because the guy knows nothing about me, and then he yeah. sees that, and he's like, what do you like, do? What's oh. he getting into? Right, what's yeah. he getting yeah. into? Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, with with jockeys, there's a lot out there of me in my underwear like a lot of videos and photos of me in my underwear oh, and like yeah. there's been a few where like people have said so I don't recognize you with your clothes on Ew. I was like oh delete yeah <laughs> like no or they're like so tell me about this jockey and I'm like well I just don't like wearing pants <laughs> then I'm like bye <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Um, yeah. Wow, I'm just like so fascinated by you. I want to show oh, you this from her you. Instagram. You might have seen this, Uh-oh. but this this you this is from last month. You posted this. I mean, this sums it all up, doesn't it? I mean, that's the, yeah. the 2009 the ten year challenge. Oh my gosh, that's so 2009. Crazy. She's yeah. in bed. She's got the thing under her nose, helping her to breathe mm-hmm. oxygen. And then to 2019, she's on a beach. She's just fun thriving. loving, yeah. thriving. No bangs. No yeah, bangs. bangs. Sure. <laughs> that is Thriving. so wild. It's yeah. crazy. One of the yeah. coolest stories ever. Oh, like what you. an amazing testimony. And like mm-hmm. how you've used it to like, there's probably so many people going through mm-hmm. not only what you went through, but what your family went through. And yeah. you, they probably have found so much hope in your story. Yeah. I Even if it so. doesn't go the way that your story went, just being able mm-hmm. to get through that tough time with the hope, you know, seeing what came what yeah happened for you it's really cool and i'm glad that you're you're open about it because it's it could be really hard to talk about it's like a dark time you know well i didn't want to ever talk about it like i was convinced i was going to keep it under lock and key and and never talk about it and then um and then little by little i started to and then i feel like as we all know once you're kind of thrown more into the public space you kind of people will dig Mm -hmm. and so um but i i i think hearing people who have who have found hope or families who have found hope really has inspired me and also given me the strength. Cause it's not like we're talking about like unicorns and no. rainbows here, you know, yeah. Yeah. as much as I would love to talk about <laughs> unicorns and rainbows. And, um, so I think 
if anything, if I can make a difference in one person's life, then I'm like, all right, the second chance is is valid, yeah. you know, and and so uh, it's it's been it's been such a blessing to be able to just tell people, look, there's no such thing as a lost cause. Trust me, living proof right here, yeah. and just don't give up on the ones you love. And people are going through struggles; you just got to be there for them. Wow, mm. you're like the best guest we could have had going yeah. into yeah, the new year. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> totally. You guys are so sweet. Face thank it, you. embrace it, defy it, conquer, conquer it. it. Woo! Thank you Amazing. so much for coming in, yeah. everybody. Thank you, guys. Everybody go to jockey, jockey.com. And, um, slash Victoria. Slash Victoria to get and her co- capsule collection. Follow you on Instagram. Uh, at ArlenV1. At ArlenV1. That's yes. A-R-L-E-N. Yeah, so let's go to her Instagram and give her all the compliments <laughs> and tell her how much we love her and sign it. Scrub Sisters. Yeah. So yeah. You guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I talk to people like Victoria, I think there's literally nothing I should ever complain about. I should I just be like the thought of not being able to s- scratch your yeah. nose. You're a prisoner in your own body. It's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And for four years, it's not like four months, four years. I know. For some reason, I thought I had read something. And I thought it was a year. Uh-uh. Four years? That's like a full college term. Mm-hmm. And such a testament to her family, because I feel like a lot of families, you know, you're, you kind of get into, I think, in human nature, a selfish mentality. And of course, I don't have kids. Mark, you can relate to this, but you go, this is not fair. I'm having to take care of this child who can't do anything for herself and like at what point do we just kind of give up hope and Mm -hmm. I I mean it's so cool that her family just said we'd rather have her here than not have her here and hope for the miracle yeah I love her it's an incredible story like I'm a person who can't even get on a plane without two books and five movies and you know I just need to be constantly entertained Mm -hmm. because I get so bored so easily and meanwhile she literally laid there for four years and just absorbed her environment Mm -hmm. and managed to improve herself learn Mm -hmm. things learn how to cook learn about sports I mean it's incredible it's crazy and dream and dream create dreams for herself which is a perfect transition into what we're going to talk about now that's right (laughs) we are going to create our 2020 vision board for scrubbing in so henceforth um henceforth not the word (laughs) that's the word i'm looking for so here's how we're here's what we're gonna do (laughs) we're gonna come up with a word so what i like to do is think of like this word is what we're gonna um kind of make all of our decisions through it needs to kind of go through as a filter so the word is like a filter essentially for what we're gonna do with the podcast okay Okay, so everything we want to do with the podcast we go through kind of go word. through the word okay. yeah like is it this okay so, so you have that's... a lot of words you, you came up with the seacrest word you came up with a personal word mm-hmm. and you're coming up with a scrubbing in word correct well and your personal word for 2020 do we know i haven't yet? decided yet okay what was 2019 uh radiant and... i wanted everything i did or like yeah i wanted everything every decision i made to like have a, a radiant effect do you I feel like you lived bright. up to that in 2019 i do okay good uh, your Seacrest word for 2020 was? Boisterous. Boisterous. You'd like the show to have a boisterous vibe. Yeah, fun. Fun. That was my 
my word for the morning show. Okay. So that's what we're going to start with. So our word. And then I think we should pitch like our dream guests for 2020. So we'll make a list of guests. And then anything else that you think like that we, any other dreams for 2020 or like things that you think we should do. Do you like that? That's how, how yeah. the order we're going to go in. I kind of blacked out because I was trying to think of my word for last year and I can't remember. So, which makes me think that maybe <laughs> I didn't follow. <laughs> That's okay because we'll make one. This, so this will be for the podcast. Okay. So do you have your word for the podcast? Um, yeah, I have two words for the podcast. You need to pick one. You can okay. be one if you okay. want. Okay. You got one? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your word? What's your word? My word's authentic. Oh, okay. Good. I want everything that we do to be authentically us. Every decision that we make, every guest that comes in here, if it's not us, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I love that. You like that? Yeah. Mine is expansion. Ooh. I want everything to expand. That's good. And like everything that we do, I want it to say, are we, is this expanding our audience, our audience? Is this expanding us? Is it making us grow? Is it making us better? Better. I like that. That's a really good word, Becca. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Okay. So now guests, you want to go one for one on this? Sure. Okay. I'm starting off. I have three Grey's Anatomy characters (laughs) that are pretty boisterous. (laughs) <laughs> That's not we the word. Love ambitious, um, but I'm gonna go for it. Okay. So I want Justin Chambers. Yes, I uh-huh. wholeheartedly yeah. second that. Okay, because he's fascinating. Fascinating. I find he him is. fascinating, I find, I find and he's fascinating. old and new. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's, a, he's an, OG, an OG. Yeah, and he's got so many kids in real life. Mm-hmm. Like he's <laughs> so many kids. <laughs> he does. He's like, like five, five kids. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Like he's been married forever. Yeah, and he's also just one of those guys. Like I, that's how I would do it. If I'd booked Grey's Anatomy when I was 20-whatever, I would never leave that show. Right. Because I feel like, you know, some of these people are like, oh, I want to do movies, or oh, this thing's holding me back, or I just can't do another I'm surgery boxed scene. I'm character. boxed yeah, in yeah. the character. No, I would ride it out. I'm just practical like that. I would be I would be there as long as they want me there, because you don't know what the outside world's going to be. Totally. People leave that show, and you never hear from them again. It's true. It's very true. Okay, so, okay, Justin Chambers, do you want to add to the list? Oh, Yeah. Okay. Mine are pretty. I have some steep ones. Yeah. Give it to me. Jennifer Aniston. Oh. <laughs> Maybe even a call in phoner. You'd okay. Settle, you'd settle for a phoner with Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer nice. Aniston. Okay. Um, then I'll go to my other one. Um, Sandra O. Oh. oh, that's she's on my too. Okay. That's good. So we need to get her. Uh, Brene Brown. <clears throat> good one. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm adding it. Um, I put Eric Dane. Okay. McSteamy. McSteamy. That's a good one. Okay. Give me another one. Taylor Swift. Oh, my oh, goodness. Put settle for a phoner. Right. <laughs> that is really uh, <laughs> aiming high here. Oh, uh, you put it out there, and I, you just never know. Okay. Uh, my next one is Charles Melton from Riverdale. Mm. Oh, yeah. I really want him in studio. Don't you know him? I do. So like, very well. reasonable. Totally. Uh-huh. See, see what Tanya's doing, Becca. She's getting people that, you know, are... You know. Well, I'm dream. Did you just hear the story we heard? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm tired well, of being told talking, no. You were scribbling out the other ones and just going big. I yeah. get it. Yeah. All okay. Right. Give me another one. Uh, those are the only three I had written oh. down. Oh, okay. My last one is Devon Franklin. I know we've had him on the show as a phoner, but I want him in studio because I find him like some. I thought back on 2019. I was thinking back on like my person of 2019, the person that like really affected me. That 
isn't necessarily like in my life life. And he's that person. Like he's affected the way that I think he's affected the way that I act. He's affected the way that I dream. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he'd be such a great guest in studio, Mm -hmm. like a full episode with him. Love that. Okay. That's a good list. Okay. And then, um, in terms of things that you, you want to do in 2020 for the podcast, I went to tour the country with sold out shows. Okay. A sold out tour. And, you know, I went through the whole Andy Grammer, is this an ego thing? Mm-hmm. I know. I put that at the top more of, of how many people can we, can we reach and bring together to make friendships and build the community that we've started building. And it's also, I feel like it's also, these people are so wonderful on our Facebook group and they're such great people. And if you do this, you'll be able to meet as many of them saying. as possible. Yeah. Because they give us so much. Yes. And then they give to each other. Yeah. And then it Fuels us to give to them. Totally. It's a full it's like a circle. Full circle. Um, okay, so I put on there that I want to do more Facebook lives. Remember we used to do go into the oh, Facebook yeah. group and like fun, do yeah. yeah, I want to do more of those, like on a semi regular basis. Okay. I said have a presence on TV or a visual digital platform. So we're on the same page there. Well I mean a no, digital I think that's platform. Different. That's different. No, I'm saying like something where it's like visual and not just on the podcast. Right, right, right. Like content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the I think that's separate. Okay, because I feel like Facebook lives are just like one offs. Okay, you know, like just pop in, say hey. Um, I put that on there too. I put service dreams. Um, I did put people's choice word three Pete. That's definitely an ego dream, <laughs> but I just feel like it'd be so badass. You know what I mean? If yes. we're just like the only podcast that keeps dominating that category when there's like all these other podcasts with millions of listeners and the scrubbing in listeners just keep on yeah. in it. It's kind of amazing. It's like the little engine that could. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like Goliath, David and Goliath. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're David. We're David. Yeah. Um, I, I put, um, triple downloads and listens just oh, nice. to expand, expand, expansion, our reach. Wow. So triple listeners. I like this. And then my last one was, um, I kind of want to do like a secret scrubber. Like, I don't know exactly how I want to, um, devour this devour is not the right word attack this but i want to have like a secret scrubber that like we kind of highlight kind of like our scrubber of the month cute that we like find like kind of like taylor swift how she like finds her fans you know like they like find the fans and then they do something fun for them so i want to do like a secret scrubber where we like find one scrubber a month to kind of just love on not necessarily in the podcast but like we find them we decide like you're the secret scrubber of the month and then we can like send them something or maybe send them a video or do something for them or like whatever we decide like That's secret really scrubber. Cute. It would be really fun. I mean, we it's not like we're limited on scrubbers, scrub right. sisters. We could do of the week and we could shout them out on the podcast and Yeah, but I want it to be like more than that. You know what I mean? Like I don't want you to just be like, Hey Deborah. No, I'm saying it could be that we shout it's like, all right, scrubber of the week and then we send them a letter or send you know? Yeah. I just don't want to bite off more than we can chew. Make it a bigger deal. Yeah, like maybe send them a box of things, you know, with like a letter or just like something super cool. Okay, we'll start out with scrubber of the month, and if we get it down to an art, we can maybe do bi bi monthly. Right, right, every other week. Every other week. Yeah, like very a la Taylor Taylor Swift inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have one other guest that I wanted that I put on here. I put Deborah Dugan. I don't want to forget about her. She is the new president of the Grammys. Okay. And she's 
such a badass modern woman. I'm like obsessed with her. And I would like to ideally have her before the Grammys because it's her first Grammys as like. Yeah, she probably has nothing going on. So. Well, <laughs> she's probably got, I mean, I feel like, you know, if we're going to diss my um, Taylor Swift and Jennifer Aniston. But, well, that's true. I do feel like she's a very busy woman, but I just really like, I want to get inside her brain and kind of just like, really, cause like she's stepping into a really big role and kind of like redefining and re, like, I think that the nom- nominations this year were very, um, they were very diverse and, and forward thinking in a good way. Yeah, it was interesting because I went to the Billboard Women in Music Awards and it was really cool seeing all the things and like the the amount of women that are being hired as CEOs in these like massive companies and like presidents and, you know, behind the scenes of what's happening in music on like the charts and the, the artists. And it was really cool to see how many women are like running running it all. Yeah, I think she, I don't know. I would have to check this, but I feel like she's the first woman to be in that position for the Grammys. I think you're right. I feel like they mentioned her name. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. At the Billboard. She's a big deal. Yeah. So I'd love to have her on. Cool. If she's available. And that's that there. There it is. There's our plan for 2020. There's right our there. plan for I feel like it's I a feel, pretty good plan. I feel like it's a great plan. Mm-hmm. Are there personal goals for 2020 you'd like to share? Or have those not been done yet? Because you have you do your vision board on New Year's Eve, of course. Yeah. I like started mine a little bit. Like I've just started thinking about it. I am going to do it on January 1st, but I haven't decided on a word, and so like everything kind of filters through the word. I'm it's toying okay. between don't, ru- don't don't rush it. I'm toying between integrity, vulnerability, and intentional. They're all three really good ones, but they're such a different vibe. Different Are vibe they? for the year, yeah. If I'm if I'm focusing on being vulnerable for the year, that is so different than being focused on being intentional for the year. It's so different from being. <laughs> Of integrity. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they can all coexist. But what's the word that mushes them all together? Something. Something <laughs> about. Maybe that's what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, create a new word or yeah. something. Yeah, a Tanyaism for yeah. your word of the year. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I do have some personal goals, but it's like not fully. De- not fully. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can yeah. report back in January. Yeah, true. I think that's fine. Yeah, we have a good like fifteen days for you to. Really just hone in. Yeah. 2020 is a big year. We got the Olympics in 2020, the election in 2020, the leap year in 2020. It's one of those years. Mm -hmm. Those are always kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. Every holiday is like on a weekend this year. Yeah, there's some good holiday placement this year. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited because, so every year, you know, I do the typical, like, I'm going to be in the best physical shape, blah, blah, blah. I always like think it. You look like you're in good physical shape right now. Oh, no, I'm not. No? No. Um, But this year, I'm saying it out loud. I want to be like in the best shape physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. I want it to be like the big year where I look back and I'm like, because 2020 is a milestone year, so that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Cool. Slowly but surely. What did I say? You'll be married by 2021? Mm-hmm. Is that what I told Tanya on a podcast recently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> by 2021 or by the end of 2021? Uh, end of 2021. So the two years. In the next two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, the stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Victoria Arlen is yeah. here to tell you that stranger right. things have happened. If she's walking, anything can happen. That is yeah. true. All right. I have some fascinating emails to share with you guys. And we're going to get to those next.
So I love when I discover companies that make life just a little bit easier. Um, And one that I learned about recently is called Simple Health, and it is a total game changer for women's health. If you're on birth control looking to get back on or want to try it for the first time, then you know how difficult, annoying, and honestly confusing that process can be. That's true. I was on birth control for, I don't know, a lot of years, and it was the pits. Enter Simple Health. They're changing all that with online birth control prescriptions and free home delivery, making birth control accessible, convenient, and affordable for all women. So if you go to simplehealth.com slash Becca and you fill out an online health profile with your medical history, conditions, and birth control preferences, a licensed doctor will review your information, determine if you're a good candidate for birth control, and write you a prescription for the right method, whether that's the pill, patch, or the ring. And then your birth control ships to your door for free, so you never have to worry about forgetting a refill or missing a pill again. And best of all, Simple Health is free with most insurance plans, so you can pay absolutely nothing to use the service every single month. For those without insurance, it's still super affordable. Pills start at just $15 a month, and monthly shipping is free for everyone. That is amazing. Yeah, the annual prescription is usually $20, but our listeners can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com Becca or enter the code Becca at checkout. Um, This isn't a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor, so you still need those for your overall health, but it is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. So try a better way to get birth control with Simple Health by going to simplehealth.com slash Becca or just enter code Becca at checkout. Give it a try and thank us later. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's see. Uh, there's a bunch of these. What should it be? What should it be? Okay, let's try. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tabitha. <laughs> My partner and I have been together for four years. Never once have I been the jealous girlfriend. Well, things have been off the last year or so. I don't know if it's because we have a new baby together, but we've not been connecting at all. We got into an argument just before Thanksgiving, and he slept on the couch. I woke up and had an urge to check his phone. He had messaged his ex-wife... And he texted her, I wish I had fought harder for you. I confronted him right away. I literally woke him up at 6 o'clock in the morning when I found this. He said he didn't remember sending it. He had been drinking, and he was mad at me, and he unsent it. I guess it was a DM, perhaps, Mm -hmm. if he was able to unsend it. Now I feel myself questioning everything. I checked our bank balance and saw a charge at a local bar that I didn't go to, and he was out of state at the time. He said he called the bar and bought drinks for some girl because I just think she's a good person and it was her birthday. I don't know this woman. He works out of town nine months out of the year. How, how often does this lonely texting crap happen? Am I overreacting? What do I do? 
let me just tell you. Okay. If I saw a text <laughs> to an ex that said, I wish I had fought harder, harder for you. Yeah, I'd lose I it. don't know if there'd be any... Th- I, I wouldn't even question if I was overreacting. Because I think that statement says a lot. That packs a large punch. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a hard no for me. This isn't like a... Here's the thing. I just relationships are hard and they're yeah. compromise and things happen and you need to get over them. Yes. I don't think everything's rainbows and butterflies, but at the end of the day, I think, I think sending an ex or somebody that you've been intimate with or had a relationship with something like that, that's never acceptable in my opinion. I agree. I, I, I think everything here is a hard no. The trouble is that they have a kid together now and that complicates yeah. things. This is what I think. I think she needs to have a conversation and say, I saw that message you sent to your ex-wife and I've, I'm seeing these things here and there that are making me question you and I think maybe we need to talk. Maybe we need to see a counselor, go to couples therapy. I don't think it should just be that you give up on the relationship. Like you have a child. I think you communicate, try what you can do to make the relationship work. But at some point you can't live your life not being able to trust the person that you're with. hundred percent. If he, if he works out of town nine months out of the year, you're never going to have a good night. No, no. Trust is like the most important thing. And I also think it takes him like he needs to want to go to like, and yes, if he wants to go to counseling and he wants to do the same, but a lot of time, that they don't see eye to eye. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you really need somebody that wants to work on it or sees at least sees that this is not appropriate. I know, but a lot of times someone just needs to to be the one to say, like, we need help. Like, we've been together for four years. Things have been off this last year. We need a reset. Let's work on it. Do you want to work on this with me? Yeah. Of course, if he says, no, I'm out, then she did what she, I mean, you know, you can only do so much. You can't control someone else. But I think you give it a chance and try to work through it. But I don't think she's going to rest easy until, if ever, if that happens. It's a lifetime of you going through his credit card receipts, going yeah. through his texts. It's a lot of that. If, you're commit- if you commit to this, you're committing to a life of this. Yeah. So something's got to change through counseling, whatever, but something's got to change. Here's the metaphor. What's this in my hand? Paper. Piece of paper. This is the trust in that relationship. Oh, no. we crumbled we it. Go. Ah, but look, oh. it can, you can you can you can uncrumble it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You can still use it. But it you can still, still write to, on it. Uh-huh. But it's never the same. Oh wow! You still see those little crease lines in it. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. beautiful. Very true. Very true. Tabitha, I think we decided <laughs> that you are not overreacting, and I think that we hopefully give you some good tips. I hope so. Yeah. Easton, did you have something to say? Because you brought the mic out. Well, I, I read this email the other day and I've been mad about it for like many multiple days. Uh, the thing that really irks me about it, though, is the the, the bar charge. Uh-huh. So was he like buying drinks like over the phone? That's for- so weird. Okay. So yeah, just thing, wait, that, that's weird. It's very weird. That That is a number of hurdles to go through to like do something that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Again, they're married. They have a kid together. They're not, married. They're, they're not married. married. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. They're... God, I, the fact that he won't marry her, whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming a lot of stuff with this email, too. I was, gonna, but... I was like, wait, where did it say that he won't I'm, marry her? I made up my own detail for that. But um, this dude sucks. Like, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be, like, judgmental from, like, that type of email. But, like, this dude sucks so bad. I just, yeah, I just, you know? I mean, I don't know. Like, I would never see either of you guys say, sending that text to somebody. You know what I mean? No. And, but also, like you're saying, he went yeah. to a lot of effort 
to flirt? Like, that seems like a flirt to buy a girl mm-hmm. a drink, right? Is, yeah. it, this is just some random girl, right? I don't, it's to her. Yeah, I don't think it was the ex-wife. It wasn't the ex-wife? No, it's not the ex-wife. Whenever I hear, we, we hear it on Ryan's Roses all the time on the morning show. Like, oh, she was having a bad day. I wanted to send her some flowers. Yeah, like, this dude's excuse. cheating on you. Uh, I don't know. I, I just This just got me really fired he, he up. He may not be cheating physically, but his mind is elsewhere. He's yeah. definitely putting he's out feelers. He's checked out right yeah, now. Yeah, he's checked out. He's checked out at the school, and he's going to get lunch yeah. in the drive-thru. All right, one more from Ray. This is a little bit lighter. Uh, about two years ago, my mom met a guy at a football game with a group of her and my dad's friends. And so I get a text from her saying, I have just met the guy that you're going to marry. My mom's now friends with his parents, and she's always bugging me to get in contact with him. This is two years now. I finally buckled down and added him on social media. He literally instantly accepted. My mother has bugged me since that day to message him, but I was kind of hoping he would take that step. I feel like all the signs are pointing us to each other, but I don't know what to do. Either way, it would work out for me because I live in a new city where I only know a few people, so if we become friends, that's great, or if it's something more, that's even better. Should I message him, and if so, what should I say? This is what I think because she, there was one thing in here that changed my mind halfway through the email because mm. my first reaction was, I know what I would do. I would let him make the first move, but I know because she said, I live in a new city where if we become friends, great. And she's open to the possibility of it not being romantic. I say she shoots her shot and says, Hey, I just moved here. I know my mom, you met my mom and I just wanted to message you. I'd love to, you know, Go get a drink or something. I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. (laughs) You absolutely reach out to him. This is kind of what happened to one of my girlfriends. Her parents met this guy on, like, a train. Oh, yeah. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, um, the details are a little bit fuzzy, but he lived in the same town or was moving to the same town that that their daughter lived in. And so they basically, like, gave her number to the guy and said, you should, like, you know, just have her show you around the city or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he did and they're now married and have a child and so like totally shoot your shot i don't think there's anything wrong with it because also like if you were to start dating him he can then take the reins back you know what i mean you making the initial move doesn't mean you're like needing to lead the charge here it's just you saying like hey what's going on And also, and a lot of these come down to this, what do you have to lose? Right. The only thing you have to lose is the fantasy. Right now, you still have that fantasy in your brain. And if you reach out and it doesn't work out, oh, well, that fantasy's gone. But that's okay. It's- yeah. Like, literally, worst case scenario, you DM him and he never responds. Whoop-de-doo. It's happened to me many times. <laughs> yeah, but Sonya's I, been there. Thing. I mean, and I, <laughs> I think a lot of people, they... They're like, I want the fantasy. So if it if it doesn't end up being the fantasy, then I don't want, you know, I mm-hmm. don't want the rejection. I don't want the friend. I don't want to be friends with someone that I want the fantasy with. Yeah. But she's okay with the friendship. She said that. So I think I, it's I, like. I, I, don't, I don't buy that, by the way. Totally. Like, me too. Whatever. There's I no such. It's not. Right. It's not real. She's going to meet a new guy and they're going to become buddies. Like that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't I, exist no, in the world. No, but I think world. that she's, it just means that she's open to like it not necessarily working out. And that's great. Yeah. That's, that's what fine. I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people aren't as open to it not working out. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want you to be, I don't, no. I don't need any more friends. No. Thanks. I have, I have had guy friends, so I am open to a guy friend. Those and guys not all wanted romantic. to date you. No. I, they don't tell you that, but they did. A hundred percent. Well, name a guy friend. Name one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Crickets. Can we have some cricket music? There we go. Thank you so much.
Okay. Well, I'm point, sure I... point in case. <laughs> okay. That felt good. I'm not Thank gonna you, lie. Tanya. I didn't have a title for this episode, and you just got it in right at the end. What is it? Point and case. Point and case. <laughs> Becca's still thinking. Exactly. Still... I mean, I have people. Name a guy friend. Name one. Like current? Yeah, you just said, oh. I have got plenty of guy friends. No. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Moving on. That's that. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can keep thinking. Maybe in January we can come up with them. <laughs> so we got to wrap it up, but it's actually not wrapping it up for the year. It feels like we are, but we're going to, you're going to hear from us again before the end of the year. Yeah. Just a little baby one. Wait, what? A little check in. I, but why did we do this? I thought this is our last episode of the year. Well, it kind of is. And it's I just said, gonna be a little I check told in. Victoria it was so great that she was, she thought our last guest. Yeah. She's yes. our last guest. And as our last Real episode of the year. Yeah. What does that mean? Our next one's just like a little pop in, like, Merry Christmas. Bye. We love you. We're thinking about you. Yeah. Thank you for a great year. Okay. okay. <laughs> gotcha. For now, however, thank you to Victoria Arlen. Ticketmaster.com to come and see us in San Francisco. Stay at the Viceroy Hotel. You won't be disappointed. So excited about our two shows. Yeah. We're about to go brainstorm right now. Brainstorm. Here we go. But for now, it's not the right button. <laughs> There it is. Do you want to call? I feel like you haven't called in a while. Eleven forty nine. You gotta say. Time oh, of time of death. death. <laughs> oh, I really am rusty. Time of death. Eleven forty nine and sixteen seconds. They don't do the seconds. Oh. Somebody dies. Shoot. A rookie. I know. It has been a minute since I've done that. Presented by Twenty One Seeds. Hey, you know how we're always trying to keep our girls' nights exciting with new cocktails? Uh, yeah. Well, here's something that's gonna flip the Twenty One Seeds infused tequila. Wait, you already know? Of course, Twenty One Seeds is an award-winning tequila infused with juice from real fruit. Yeah, so you only need two or three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. But did you know that Twenty One Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend? Sounds like there's a good story behind that for sure. So listen, if you love tequila, you have to try Twenty One. Seeds infused tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.